Hello, and welcome to Orchid Story, a podcast for women who have experienced a big event in their lives that divided it into the before and after. I'm Rachel Nussbaum, and I'm here to help you find meaning and healing through personal narrative now that your life looks different than the one you expected. I'm sharing stories from real life. The details may be different from your story, but the connection is universal. Friends, hello, it's Rachel here, and it has been a long while since I have talked to you in this way through this microphone. I've missed you, and it it feels really nice to be back here uh, chatting with you again through the podcast. My last episode was released on October 2nd, and here it is at the end of December 2020, this year of challenge and pain and hardship for many, many, many people is coming to a close. And my, my year too was filled with a lot of really tough things, but especially at the end of this year, if you follow along with me through my newsletter or on social media, if you know me in real life, you'll know that I lost my mom, uh, in the beginning of November of this year after a really, really long battle with a progressive neurodegenerative condition. And so, yeah, it's been a really tough year for my family too and just trying to find our way and stand on solid ground. It's a reminder that our stories are always changing and there's always more to explore. And that can be hmm, somewhat painful to recognize, but I like to look at it as an opportunity because there's always going to be room for us to process whatever it is we're experiencing and grow from that experience, grow from doing that work of processing. So I'm here. I will admit I I'm not able to get back into the podcast just yet. I hope it's coming back. I love bringing you conversations from people that I admire who I think you will resonate with. I hope I'll get back to that. It may not happen just yet. But in good news, I do have a lot coming up in January 2021 for for Orchid Story. And I hope that you will... Join me because one of the events coming in January is my free reconnect with yourself challenge. Now, I ran the challenge, a very similar one, a version of this twice in 2020. And it was some of the most fun I had all year. Really energizing, a great chance to connect with people in the Orchid Story community, find out what I'm all about. And this challenge is really high touch for a free challenge. Like I even questioned, do I really want to put all of myself and time and effort and energy into this in January? The answer is yes. So the challenge includes uh, a really short uh, challenge or um, task each day related to self-connection which you know is my word for self-care. 
So for example, the one that we did in uh, the fall included making a cup of comfort for yourself was one day. So they are take less than five minutes and are a time for you to really focus on yourself and filling your cup. And speaking of comfort, the theme for the January edition is comfort. And I took a poll of all y'all and comfort was the number one choice for the theme. So I've come up with five activities that are all related to comfort. They're super easy and accessible. You don't need to buy anything to do this challenge. It can happen right in your home or your office or wherever you spend your days right now. And it's free, so you'll get an email every day telling you what the challenge is for the day. I open up a free Facebook group for the week, and so I encourage people to post their challenge wins every day for accountability for yourself and to create that community among the people who are participating in the challenge. And we have two Zoom calls during the week. Again, all this is free. And I do the Zoom calls because that is an integral part of all of the programs I run at Orchid Story. And I think for someone who's never done a workshop or a program with me, it could feel a little odd or intimidating to get on a Zoom call with people you don't know. So the challenge is a great way to show you that it's really safe, it's really fun, and it just energizes you in a different way than getting an email or being on a Facebook group can do. And so we get on Zoom, it's optional, two nights during the challenge to kind of lift each other up and ask also what's challenge, what's challenging you in the challenge, what feels hard, why do you feel like you don't have time to do a five-minute challenge and we talk through things, we support each other, we uplift each other, um, and there's room for everyone. One of the things that's most important to me about Orchid Story is that when a new person steps into the circle, we widen the circle to welcome that person in. And you can be rest assured when you join us on those Zoom calls, you'll feel that way. So I hope you'll join us for the free challenge. I mean, why not? It's January. Let's start on a really great note. Even if the circumstances in your life don't feel great, like maybe mine don't either right now, we can work on our mindset and get ourselves in a good place. So you can sign up now for the challenge when this podcast goes out and you can sign up through the beginning of January. We start on January 11th. All you have to do is go to orchidstory.com slash reconnect, R-E-C-O-N-N-E-C-T, and sign up for free there. Now, the last thing I want to tell you before I introduce our amazing interviewee today is that my signature program, Sanctuary, is open for enrollment right now. So... Sanctuary is all about finding healing from emotional pain. It's a really lofty goal. It's not the only thing that is going to take you into healing for the rest of your life. But I can promise you that it is going to be a major stepping stone for you to find emotional uh, healing. My students tell me that they learn how to treat themselves nicer. Like that's a huge thing by enrolling in sanctuary. They tell me that they find white space in their lives 
which is huge. It's what everyone, almost every woman I talk to wants space and time in her life. This program teaches you how to do that. Sanctuary helps you shift out of victim mentality. And again, these things are not a one and done, but the more opportunity we have to work on them, the closer we get to them being more of a in the backseat kind of issue in our lives rather than driving the car. That's an Elizabeth Gilbert fear analogy that I love. So to find out more about Sanctuary, go to orchidstory.com slash sanctuary. Or honestly, let's talk about, let's talk together about you enrolling in Sanctuary. Reach out to me on Instagram or send me an email. The best way to do that is just be on my newsletter list. So just head to the website to sign up over there. And really think about what Sanctuary could do for you to start this year off right. If you've been stuck in a story that is not serving you in 2020, consider Sanctuary. Okay, now on to my interview for today. I am bringing the amazing, lovely, and joyful Jill Perla to you. Jill is an artist and a writer and just a really amazing, uplifting human being. I met Jill not long ago and I really resonated with her because of her backstory, which you'll hear today, of course, right? (laughs) That's how I connect everybody is through their story. But I'm very much in awe of Jill because of how she has transformed her life. She worked in a corporate job and left that, created a business where she sells her own original art, has no formal training um, in art, and is doing it. It's very impressive, especially for someone just who's been uh, running a business herself for several years to see the success that Jill has had. It's, It's just very inspiring. And so I know you will love Jill. She's a great person to have on at the end of this year of 2020 because she will help you to dig in and uplift yourself. Because after all, right, it's our, it's up to us. Nobody else is going to do it for us. And Jill's just very inspiring in her message. I know you're going to love hearing from her. I, last note, appreciate you being here. There would be no Orchid Story if it weren't for you, my listeners, my students, the people that comprise this community. So thank you for being here. I hope you'll join us in January and we'll talk soon. Enjoy, Jill. Hi, Jill. Welcome to Orchid Story Podcast. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I'm so... Happy to have you here after meeting you pretty recently. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. I'm so happy. It's going to be fun. Great. And I think you brought a piece of your writing uh, to share with us today. I sure did. I brought a book that I co-authored with other women, and it's titled Voices of the 21st Century, Powerful, Passionate Women Who Make a Difference. So it's a compilation. So what I brought today is my story that's within the book. So I'll start. Okay, sounds great. Okay. Mind your brain, mind your story. 
by Jill Perla. Pay attention, not to me, silly, but to you. Yes, you. Can you hear it? Can you hear that little voice inside? What's going on in that beautiful mind of yours? I urge you to turn up the volume and start listening to your inner voice. If you tune in, I guarantee your life will be much fuller and happier. If you think your life is riddled with hardship, I urge you to reframe your thoughts and see how small shifts in your thinking can help. Let's explore how I did it. Growing up with five siblings, including a sister who was hard of hearing and a phase that came with challenges. My sister is smart, don't get me wrong, but you see, messages would get botched inside of her head. Inside of her brain, messages would get all messed up. Years ago, professionals told my parents not to learn sign language, so communicating her was, was dicey at best. I found myself to be the TV show interpreter, no closed captioning back then, unfortunately. There was resentment growing up, but now I realize that through helping her, I learned patience and am an excellent communicator today. See, a creative win for me. Society sees any disease of the brain as shameful. It's ridiculous. I do believe society is shifting a bit though. My mom is bipolar and has struggled with depression for years. I remember coming home from school and she would be, quote, sick. I never understood why as a child, and it took me years to understand that her brain had a chemical imbalance. From this, I learned empathy, and I thank God all the time that I do not suffer from this. As a child, I learned coping skills. The number one skill was to shut out pain, just to keep running forward and not to look back. Don't do anything you can't do everything you can to be the peacemaker. Many decisions I have made in life were not based on hurting anyone's feelings and making sure I didn't shine too brightly. I did keep a lid on my true self, so much so that I developed my mom, what my mom would call the six month breakdown. I stuffed my feelings so much that I would actually faint. I passed out in church, on a horse, on a city sidewalk, a subway, you name it, I passed out everywhere. The feelings I had inside were so buried that they had to come out some way, and that was the only way I knew how to cope. Not stopping to listen to what my inner voice was telling me, I just plowed through life. I loved making money, much like my successful father. I was good at it, but I knew there was something missing, and I could not put my finger on it. Throughout my life as a peacemaker, I actually thought I could manage other people's feelings. I am an empath and intuitive, so it's easy, especially since I didn't have to look at my feelings. If you aren't tuned in what to your needs are, though, the help you give others will ring hollow. In my 40s, my father suffered from dementia. Having been a Harvard grad, this seemed even more of a blow. During his therapies, he created art, and from this, I learned the love of painting. He's since passed away from this devastating disease, but I took up painting and have a thriving, self-sustaining, and profitable business. The art was one step closer to sharing my truth, but I hid behind my art. I still did not let anyone know who I was because I was afraid. It was easier to hustle and run. Turning up the voice inside of me has made me realize that I may be able to help others who suffer in silence. Now I realize that creative minds are just as important as analytical minds. It took me years to believe that I too am just as smart as my super successful book smart siblings. For my journey of helping with a sibling with aphasia, my mother with bipolar disorder, and my father with dementia, I have learned a few things. I've had to be creative in my all aspects of my life. 
When you are met with adversity, big or small, you have to think creatively. Even when my husband was deployed to Iraq twice, once during the birth of my second daughter, I had to dig deep, much like I am now that my husband is facing cancer. It has taken me years to push aside ego and stop running from my truth. I'm here today to tell you to stop. Stop running from your story. Share your story so that others can learn. Don't shut your story out of your journey. Your story is what makes you special. I know it sounds cliche, but take it from me. I went full tilt ahead and tried to bury my story by hiding behind my achievements in business and the accolades for my art awards. Through my journey, I have seen how brains that aren't quite right can be beautiful, frustrating, special, magical, and downright terrible all at the same time. But when you open your eyes to the story that shapes you, your business, your personal life, everything, the veil lifts and a light shines. And boy, what a wonderful feeling it is. It is how you interpret it to yourself and others that decides whether or not you're going to be a forward-thinking winner. That's my story. Wow. Well, I think we have a lot of things in common. Oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> so much of your discussion of reframing and finding your voice and telling your story that is the work that I do. And you and I are kindred spirits in that way. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Love it. You, um, what strikes me, well, a lot of things in your, in your story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. You've gone through a lot of hardships mm -hmm. in life and you have found your way to the present where you're art is so beautiful and you're you you just have this way about you that exudes a I think it's a joy but also like a sense of peace oh yeah yeah absolutely I mean I just really I've said this a hundred times my cup doesn't run over it's overflowing and it's bounding and it's just and I am at peace and I I think in order to be at peace. A lot of times you have to go through some struggle and goodness knows there could be more struggles that hit, you know, life, life happens, right? But it's how you deal with it and how you manage it that um, I just know, I know who I am now and I'm comfortable with who I am. So I know I'm, I'm whole and I'm able to handle what's coming towards me now, you know? Yeah, I think you've done so much work to build that resilience muscle for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I can't, how old were you during all those fainting episodes? Oh gosh, it's funny. The first one was 12. I was 12. Uh, yeah, so I, that was kind of a peak. And um, I, and of course you don't know. And my parents were like, well, what's wrong with her? And, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, you know? And it was this well, it's, it's all mental. It was all really stuffing emotions. And, you know, some people drink to forget. And, you know, as a 12 year old, you just, just you're, you're all the, I guess it's all the anxiety just gets to a peak and you just, I just couldn't do it anymore. And some kids probably get, you know, stomach aches and yeah. things like that. But that, this was my way of almost checking out completely. Yeah. For like seconds, and it felt like whoa, 
I was gone for a while and I almost liked it. It was weird. Mm -hmm. It's very weird. Yeah. I'm learning more about trauma and how it affects our mind and our bodies. And this sounds like almost textbook of the the freeze or disassociate uh, or yeah. collapse, like all those terms are used to refer to that idea that you're, you're, it's like a self-preservation mechanism that you have where it just, I can't cope. I can't take this. Like it's intolerable. And you're literally your body, you know, shuts yeah. down. Yeah. And, and the fact that years ago, and that's, that's part of the story too, is that I don't think people really talked much about the mind-body connection wow. and that it's so important because people would look at you and say, oh, your arm broke, let's fix it. But your mind, if that's a problem, yeah, you know, I would go to therapy, but there's such a stigma attached that I think years ago, people just, they went, but there's still that, oh, I'm here, I'm not good. There's shame around it. But now I think people are much more open to it. And um, thank goodness, thank goodness. And, uh -huh. you know, so there's, there's that, that's situational depression and that sort of thing. But then with my mom, the chemical imbalance, there's that angle too. Uh -huh. And that um, realizing that just because she suffers from that doesn't mean that I'll suffer from that. So, you know, so much you learn over the years. It's yeah, that's a huge one. I, oh my yeah. goodness. Yes, that's a huge one. That idea of control over ourselves and kind of, and it's hard to set up boundaries, especially with your mom and yeah. thinking about her condition as something that she's dealing with versus you and finding yourself in your own life. But this was your upbringing and you had all these siblings and you had this sister who you really, who needed your help. Like, right. It, it, I mean, I just imagine that it must have been a long journey to get to this place of, uh, shining your light. You said, um, what did you say? Turning up the volume on your inner. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because I think too, with all that, because I have that peacemaker mentality, I was the one fixing everything. So I really actually thought that I was able to control everything. I was like, yeah. I'm going to fix it. It's going to be fine. You know, no problem. You know, and I think that's a lifelong journey. I have to be careful with that to this day. But I think now I realize everybody has their own role to play. I can only play my own role in whatever relationship I have. And you know, there is a lot more allowance and, you know, if somebody's doing something I don't like, that's fine. That's, that's them. And that's their experience. It's not mine. I don't have to go in and fix it and change it and, you know, make it suit my needs. Yeah. Know? And I, I think so many women, even if we, you know, didn't have five siblings or have a mom with a mental health uh, condition can relate to the peacemaker mm -hmm. because I think society kind of conditions us to that as well. And, really working through that. I also think it's a lifelong process that we're navigating. And I so admire the way that you talk about it. I'm curious, can you talk to us about how your creative practices are tied? Well, I mean, this piece that you just read to us is evidence that you, your creativity is tied to your personal growth. Mm -hmm. But can you talk to us more about about that. Yeah. And how I got to be where I'm at in terms of art and all that. 
Um, well, so the other angle dealing with the mind is my dad having dementia. And he and I, just growing up, you know, one, one parent you tend to be more like, and he and I were cut from the same cloth. We were so similar. But when I was younger, I was told um, that I wasn't good at art. And I was like, okay, fine. I guess I'm not creative. I'm not going to do that. So years went by that I didn't paint and draw, you know, I, I would do little things, but I would kind of dabble. And um, then my dad with the dementia went to art therapy class and he did really well with painting and drawing and I'd see him do it. And I'm like, finally, I connected the dots. I'm like, well, if he's good at that, why don't I give it a try, right? And I, I mean, no lie, I picked up that paintbrush and I haven't put it down since. I really haven't. That was probably... 12, 15 years ago, max. And I was working full time um, at trade associations, um, marketing, sales, um, running a scientific um, annual meeting. So big job, making lots of money, enjoying it, loving it and the hustle and all that. But I was like, I really like this art thing. I really like this painting thing. And I knew something was calling me and something more creative. I mean, obviously in everyday work, I would bring creative solutions to problems. And I, I really stress to people that just because you're not in art necessarily, you still have to hone in that creative um, flow so that you can get things done and in a new way and think differently. Um, but I was ready to do something totally different. And like my dad, I can tend to be a bit of a risk taker, mm. but calculated risk. Right. And, you know, so we did downsize the house. We got our finances in such a way that I could do this. Okay. And so it wasn't jumping off a cliff, but um, I did, I quit my full-time job and, you know, I, I, I integrated the art a little bit at a time and, you know, it started going up, 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 up. And I'm like, wait a second, I can do this full-time. And so you do have to release it sometimes, you know, to, to keep going forward with what you really want. And I did, and I was, I'll never turn back. I mean, because I have that business mind and then coupled with the art, I'm able to have a business. I think sometimes it's tough for people who haven't had 25 years of corporate experience that they can bring into the business, you know? So, yeah, so I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah, it's it's so I love your your story and your journey. It 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 feels like almost the dream of what we all think about as going into what you know your passion and what you love to do. Um, in terms of the kind of your inner voice and healing from these different experiences that you've had. How, has your art played a role in that or were you really on that journey before you found art in the art therapy class with your father? Right. I think I find healing in everything. I really, and I think if you think of it holistically, that's the best that. way to do it. Right. Um, obviously art is definitely a strong component. Um, I walk a lot. I love nature. I mean, I'm one of those that even when I was little, I'd look at the sky and be like, why is it blue? You know, why isn't it purple? Why isn't it, you know, green? And, you know, I am curious to a fault. And I think being curious helps you heal because it gets you out of your own mind and it starts making you think of other things other than yourself, which is hugely helpful. 
Um, but yes, art, writing, um, exercise, all of it. It's, you know, it's a holistic approach because if you start saying, you know, and yes, I found my passion, but I'm not done yet. I'm sure there's something else there, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be storytelling or something. And that's the thing I'm, I think if you are continually striving for more in a healthy way, you're learning new things and you're like, oh, I didn't know I want, I could do that, right? I just have this feeling that anybody can do anything they want to do if there's a desire. Yeah, that's a good segue. So I could imagine that somebody might listen to our conversation and be like, well, okay, Jill, she's an amazing artist. Maybe she didn't find it till later in life, but look at all she's done and built for herself. How do we encourage people to find the first step into maybe uh, that connection with creativity and personal growth? Like, what would you say to someone who's like, where do I start? Right. I would say, pretend you're a child again. Uh, And look at life. I have very childlike view of life a lot of times. I think I say I'm 12, really. I'm old, but I act like I'm 12. In my mind, I have a youthful look at life. Mm. And I think if people look at things, like if you're looking at a tree, don't just look at the tree. What is that tree? What's it doing? Why is it there? How long has it been there? What color is it? Really pick it apart and analyze it. Look at things differently. Like even simple things like brush your teeth with a different hand all day or you know do something with your left hand all day long so you're forced to think differently mix things up go a different direction home um i think and when i say think of it like a child a lot of times kids were put into guitar lessons singing lessons voice lessons you know whatever if they were lucky enough to have the privilege of taking classes but now that you're an adult choose to take a tennis lesson Take an art class, take a yoga class. And even if you fail, who cares? Right. You're trying it and playing in that messy sort of playground again and just experience new things because the more your brain experiences new things, the more it expands and it has capacity to be more creative. Yeah, I love that because I love the brain connection too because it's true that we can create new pathways, new neural pathways, and mm-hmm. being curious. And what you said is we can't, no one could argue that they don't have time or space or money for going and looking at nature and asking yeah. yourself questions about it. Yeah. So it can yeah. really can be that simple. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I just, I still to this day, I'm in awe of flowers and all of it I look at it like how in the world did that happen (laughs) and if you even seriously if you really look at it like that with a a feeling of joy it's amazing how your mind and and your mood will shift and just the little things and just be grateful Mm -hmm. that you have fresh water to drink or that you're in a home or that you have clothes I mean if you really are stuck bring it back to the basics and realize wow I've got this. So now what? Right? Right. Yeah. And it is a practice, right? Like we actually Mm -hmm. have to talking about having 
gratitude is different than actually practicing it every day. Right, right. It's, it's, it's funny, it sounds trite, but it's a lifestyle. It's, it's, yeah. it's a way of thinking. It's a way of, and if you have to stop, if you feel like you're complaining and complaining in your mind or whatever, yeah, that's life. But then stop every once in a while and say, well, all right, what are you complaining? Maybe that you've got a project to do. Well, think about it this way. You're lucky you have a project to do because you're probably going to get paid for that, right? right? But then you can go do what you want to do. Right. So it's all mental mind shifts. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another thing you and I have in common. You had reframe your story like that was in your written piece and I that's yeah. something I write and say all the time and I think yeah. it's so powerful yeah it's such a, a just a little mindset shifts that can have a big impact on mm -hmm. our lives mm -hmm. I have a question about so you talked about how remembering what we love as a child if we learned how to play a musical instrument or we took an art class and I think you mentioned that you did love art as a child, but someone told mm -hmm. you you weren't good. Yes. And then when mm -hmm. you started painting again, did that come back up or? Yeah, it's funny. It came back up and I was, I, I did it and I was like, well, I guess this is good. But I was, I definitely, I felt validated when one of the first things I painted, I saw that there was a fair that was going to be going on. And it was not juried and jury, a juried art show is where um, the jurors will look at your art and say you're allowed to come into the show okay. for viewers that don't know. Hmm. So this yeah, is I non, <laughs> yeah, so this is a non-juried show. Okay. So I thought, I'm, I'm actually going to submit my art, you know, and, and so I submitted it and, you know, I went to the fair and was enjoying the fair and somebody came running out and said, your painting sold. And I'll never forget the oh. feeling of that. I was like, what? I was like, to this day, I was like, wow, somebody actually liked it. And I remember that piece to this day. It's, it, it was called Flowers, Vases, Birds, Oh My. And what it was was flowers in a cracked vase. Like everything was flying on the canvas all over the place and birds flying. And it was kind of a cacophony of, um, life but it was joyful at the same time and I I still know the lady who bought it she's since passed away but I tell you um just that that was all I needed because sales and um marketing that's so in me and just the goal of selling I thought ooh, that sold let's give it a try and then it just started snowballing from there Oh, yeah. that's so cool. Thank, thanks for telling us that story. I remember the first time I had a student actually pay me in exchange for helping with writing her story. It was yeah. totally blown away. And same thing that I'm so close with her. And I think she'll be like a really important person in my life for my entire life because that's it kind of validates, fun. you know, mm -hmm. what's so important to you. It, it really does. It really does. And yeah, I mean, I just, I love creating art so much that I try to keep my prices accessible so that everybody can have it. I'm not one of those that just wants to paint and hide it. I want to paint and move it and give it to people, sell it and just get it out. 
right? Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that a little bit because you do seem very prolific with your art. Like I, when yes. we first jumped on Zoom today, I said, oh, Jill, you have another new piece of art behind you. Yes. And like, yeah, all the time. Yeah. How always. do you, how, like, what are, what inspires you for all of these different pieces of art? Well, primarily I do commissions, which is awesome. And this is, I'm really starting to weave my process of how I do commissions into my stories that people understand when they're commissioning work from me, they're getting almost a piece of art that's going to visually direct their space into where their future, where they want to go. Love that. Right? So I'm taking, it's almost storytelling through the canvas. And people who come to me to have a commission done Usually it's, oh, I want a flower, I want color, I want this style, I want something tight and traditional, or I want something abstract. And I peel away all those details because yes, you have to have that. But then I start asking them questions about, what do you need from this room? What are you lacking? What kind of mood do you need? What energy do you need? What is, what is it that your family values are? And I kind of interview them. Well, I actually do interview them and they don't really even know it's happening. <laughs> and, right. And here I, then I'll come back and I compile the notes and, you know, I, I start painting. And a lot of times I put out the art and I say, okay, take a look. What, what do you think? And they'll come back and say, Ooh, I'm not sure I like this. I do like this. And I love that because there's an honest exchange between the two of it. It's not just me saying, okay, this is what you said. This right. is, you get it. That's it, right? It's very much an exchange of layers. You know, this, uh -huh. when I originally started the painting behind me, I know your viewers can't see it right now, but um, it's, it started very traditional and very um, tight. I always use that word with traditional, right. not very flowy. And then in talking to the clients more, they're like, we want to invite more flow of Mm. thinking free flowing thoughts we want more like soft energy and I, I said okay I've got it and then this is what's kind of manifesting now so it's not my ego I'm basically channeling what they want through me onto the canvas that is so cool. I, I don't, I didn't know that that was the exact process that you have. And the fact that art can be interactive, I haven't art in terms of a painting. Sure. That's so cool. Like that seems a, like right. a very novel idea to me. I love that. It's, it's funny because it's, it's something that I've done the whole time, but again, I'm always curious. I'm like, well, how am I doing this? What am I doing? How, how am I interacting with people really? And it's a relationship. It's a dance. And, you know, when I get involved with a commission piece, which is what I do primarily, sometimes I paint for myself, but mostly I'm busy commissioning with other people, which is what I love because I'm, I'm getting involved in what they're thinking and feeling. And it's just really, it's, it's a pleasure. It really that's, is. That's so neat. And can you tell me a little more about how, especially I think right now where many of us are spending mm -hmm. more time than ever at home. Yeah. I always say my house has never been as lived in as it is now. And like, yes. we took away our guest room and made a second office and, you know, you're just, 
you're thinking about how you live in your space now mm. more intentionally, I, I think, than yes. ever before. So tell me more about how our surroundings and more specifically artwork can mm-hmm. help us in our space. Okay. So bottom line, if you have, if, if you've got a favorite color and you love that color, it needs to be in the room because you need, it, it'll make you happy. Like blues, teals, those sort of colors are energetic, but they're calming at the same time. Mm-hmm. Green, and I actually do color consultations. So I will work with families who have, um, they want to paint their walls, just the yeah. walls themselves, right, right, the whole yeah. house. So I'm like, listen, all right, so what are you doing in this room? What are you doing in your dining room? Do you entertain a lot? Do you, you know, what kind of energy do you want to bring? And and then I say, okay, let's, let's bring this. Yeah, it might be a gray, but it might be a warm gray. And mm-hmm. um, in the art, I, I did a piece for a couple in a dining room where the wife had one idea and the husband had another idea. So like I had to bring it together because they said, we have, energetic conversations in this room all the time like our family comes and we uh-huh. want to be able to look at that art and say hey that looks like our backyard that looks like the lake we used to go to so there's different elements that I'll pull in so that it's it's bringing you a cozy feeling too so you can look at things and pick out oh yeah that's right we do love hiking yeah. you know say if if you're in a room that's sterile there's nothing to, to have a visual rest, right? You know, if you're looking at your Zoom call all day long, oh. sometimes you just need to look away and just get lost in a piece of art. And you're like, I'm not on the Zoom call. I'm actually at the ocean right now, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love this. I love this conversation so much. And I do think, whereas before I, I may have been like, okay, Jill, yeah, I get it. And I'm more of a words person, but yes. now, just being at home so much, I'm like, yeah. yes. And I love that idea of like actually capturing elements of your family in a painting yes. without actually painting that thing. Like that's exactly. so cool. It's, it's funny because one piece, well, there were two pieces I did for a couple, super abstract. He was a biker. She liked the mountains, so I was able to get like a wheel, circle, spoke okay. thing in there that you and I looking at it, well, I would see it because I did it, but right. if you were looking at it, you wouldn't be like, why is there a spoke in there? But, you know, if you, all these little hidden treasures, that's what I love is when there's oh. little hidden treasures in there. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. I love that idea, hidden treasures. And, yep. you know, something I think about a lot, and I don't have it in my home, but is the idea of like a family motto or, you know, mm-hmm. a family, um, almost like a mission statement for your family. Yeah. And yeah. from what you're saying, it's like, you could actually have a piece of art as your mission statement for your family and your motto. Absolutely. It's, it's funny because a lot of t- people do vision boarding, right? It's almost think of it as, and I don't want to say elevated that it's snotty or anything. It's just, it, it, it's something that the whole family can, because, you know, a lot of times it's, as women, we might have certain elements that a guy wouldn't, yes. they'd be like, why do you have her there? <laughs> you <Yes>. know, whatever, <laughs> you know, I want hammers and nails if you're a guy. Yeah. But, you know, if it's, a, if it's a beautiful painting that really provides what their family values are, 
And it might be vacations. It might be time spent away. It might be time spent together. You know, all that stuff. It's it's just fun. It's just yeah. all fun. That's yeah. so neat. I really appreciate your uh, just sort of novel outlook to me on incorporating art into your life. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, before we wrap up, how about yeah. you tell us a couple of suggestions for, I mean, I love how you said that you find healing in everything that yeah. it resonates and it's such a beautiful way of looking at life. And if someone is inspired by your work that you're doing and maybe did have an experience as a kid where they were told they were not a good artist, what's right. the way to immerse or not even immerse, tiptoe, tiptoe into mm -hmm the arts, painting, drawing, mm -hmm. like how can we just get ourselves started in 15 minutes that we have, you know, at the end of the day? Sure, I tell you, I actually offer a free class that you can take and it's called Bubble Painting for Calm. Oh. And it's free. So if any of your listeners want it, just, you know, let you know and we'll get it to them. But it's, it's a meditative painting class where you're just making circles of bubbles. And that's it. It's very calming. You can do it with markers, crayons, pencils, anything. And it just, it's, it's kind of tiptoeing in using a paintbrush. If you have one and a little paint, there's no right or wrong answer, but it gets that. It's really the, the mind body connection of actually painting and having your paintbrush touch the canvas and the swirl of it that will kind of get you going, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's, that's kind of the foray into my Creative Kickstart membership that I have monthly that I offer. And I have lots of different people who just want to experience art. They're not going to be Picasso at the end of it, but every month I give them videos and they take online classes with me. So I'm coaching them through cool. painting and they'll create scenes. And, you know, sometimes we do abstracts, sometimes we do trees, but we have a really good time with it and it's just fun. Yeah. Oh, that's so neat. Yeah. And you know, something you did when the, the first time I was really introduced to you was a couple of weeks ago at a conference and you told us that while you were doing your talk that we should doodle yes. while you were talking. Yeah. I did the whole, yes. almost the whole time you were talking, I doodled yeah. and I it was actually super calming for me and I enjoyed your talk so much, but I actually was kind of pleased with what I came up with. And I was thought to myself, well, this is cool because not only was I able to listen to Jill yeah. and digest what she was saying, but I actually did a little bit of art too. And do, and do you know why? Because, well, first of all, if you doodle and you're listening to a class and you're trying to really pay attention, doodling helps you retain the information. But the beauty is, I'm almost, dis not me personally, I'm the conduit, but you're distracting yourself mentally because you're listening to the person speaking and you're allowing the other side of your brain just to be, mm. just don't let it be. Because think about it, when you're a three-year-old, when you're a child, you just get those crayons out and you go for it. Your right. tree's going to be pink and nobody cares. But as an adult, you see that blank piece of paper, you know, like, oh, goodness, this is not going to be good. And then you got to get all wrapped around the axle because you're thinking of preconceived notions. But if, 
it's almost like, you know, watch me speak here and then you just do this and it, it just, and that's a lot of times, that's what I do in the creative kickstart. I'm talking to them, I'm coaching them through it. In the end, they're like, how did that work? And they come up with a decent painting, you know, and of course we can tweak here and there, but um, yeah. Yeah. That's so neat. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So if folks are interested in learning more about you or mm -hmm. uh, signing up to get the mindfulness bubbles uh, yeah. reclass, how, how can they do that? All they need to do is visit my website. It's jillperlaart.com. They also can go to Instagram or Facebook. Both of those sites are Jill Perla Art as well. Great. And I will of course, have your links in the show notes. Excellent. And yeah, I encourage everybody to follow along with Jill and just thank you. It was so, it was different because usually I'm talking about writing and I'm thinking about right. writing. And so the, the art element in painting is a little bit out of my element and a lot of fun to hear you talk about. So thank you. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Great. Take care, Jill. Take care. I want to ask you, who in your life needs to hear this story today? Go ahead and share it with them. And if you love this show, leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. Head over to orchidstory.com if you want more from Orchid Story. And remember, your story is your strength.